guys how's it going if you don't know by now i'm lisa and i'm eric and today eric i am super super excited for our guest that we have today for this episode because it is very long awaited and way way overdue at this point but i am so happy that it's finally happening today we have natasha gonzalez as our guest today for those who may not know who she is. She is the woman behind the Music Matters Media website. She helped bring my vision to life. And for that, I am forever grateful for everything that she has done for me. It looks amazing. She did a fantastic job and I cannot wait to talk to her about the whole process and just about her career in graphic design and web design. I'm super excited, man. She did a fantastic job on the site. It's amazing. Incredible. She not only brought my vision to life, but surpassed any expectations that I had. And I am just so looking forward to talking to her today. Uh, But as always, before we can get into that, we have our top three international top three countries. Here we go, Eric. Coming in at number three, the United Kingdom. Wow. Still top three. Got to give them that. They're not going anywhere. Very surprising, though. I know. Yeah. Because they're usually either tied for the top spot or at least at number two. So goes to show that the competition out there, it's getting serious. Yeah. If the UK is three, then yeah. Coming in at number two, we have Australia. Nice. Australia. Cool. I thought that was really cool. Shout out to Australia for making our top three number two spot. That is awesome. And... Coming in at number one, we have Brazil. Nice, Brazil. Awesome, man. Number one. So there you have it, you guys. Number three, the United Kingdom. Number two, Australia. And number one, Brazil. Thank you so much to those countries for making our top three this week. And for all those out there who take the time to listen to our podcast, so much love for you guys. And have no fear. If you want to make it on our top three next week, all you got to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your families, with any loved ones you may have. And we could be shouting you out next. All right, guys, super pumped for today's episode. Without further ado, here's our interview with Natasha Gonzalez. Hello. Hi, Natasha. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Good. You are on now with Lisa and Eric. Hey. Can you just please introduce yourself for our listeners, please? Yeah, uh, so I am Natasha Gonzalez. 
I live in Colorado, and I'm a graphic designer, web designer, and web developer. So I live here in Colorado, uh, not in one of the fun parts. And yeah, I have uh, a degree in web design, but I've continued learning a lot of the development side of things. And uh, I've been doing this for uh, about, well, I graduated about three years ago. Very nice. And can you give us some background on how you got into graphic and web design? Sure. I Well, it started about 10 years ago when I was 14. I had always, I had always loved artsy stuff and everything, but I was never very good at drawing or anything. Uh, but I loved the way that people could Photoshop stuff, could uh, put images together and make it look like they had always been together and make these really cool kind of fantasy uh, creations and everything. And so I ended up downloading GIMP, which is a free alternative to Photoshop because I couldn't afford Photoshop at the time and started just really playing around with that. But then I ended up volunteering for uh, my local library uh, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and I ended up making a few posters for them and they, in hindsight they were probably really bad but <laughs> uh, they all liked them a lot and I loved the process of doing them thinking out where everything should go and so that was the first time that I really thought that I could do this professionally. A couple of years later I kind of settled on graphic design but a friend and I were trying to build kind of a wiki for a project we were working on. And being such a design nerd and everything, I wanted everything to look really cool and really pretty. And so I ended up doing a lot of research on uh, how I could achieve that with the code. And I ended up just falling in love with coding stuff, being able to write out all this kind of nonsense and then loading a page and having it look the way that you want it to and having it behave the way you want it to, creating animations and interactivity um, just through typing a bunch of stuff. And so uh, when it came time to start uh, applying to college and stuff, I started looking for web design programs because that seemed like a really good merger of what I wanted to do. I love that story. So it, it really at the libraries where it all started, where you were like, this could possibly be a career path instead of just a hobby. Right. It's like, I got into libraries because I thought maybe that would be something that I would want to do because I always loved books and strong urge to shush people. <laughs> um, so, uh, but once I got there, it, uh, I still work with libraries, but um, I didn't want to pursue a master's degree in, in that. And, but the being around these people encouraging me and uh, being able to do that, it really, I did end up finding what I wanted to do. So it worked out pretty well. That's amazing. And do you still do design work for the library as well? I do. I've been, I started volunteering at the library when I was 15. I got hired when I was 17 and I've been there since. And more and more I've gotten to do like signage and, um, Posters. We had this uh, series of programs revolved around uh, kind of crafting. It was like making 
uh, bags out of old books and stuff like that. And I got to do all of the poster designs for that and the flyers. That's really cool. Uh, and then, and it gives me, because uh, I still, I work with patrons a lot though too, and it gives me an idea of what people need from websites because you get a lot of people that don't regularly get to work with technology. And so this stuff is very new to them and very um, out of their wheelhouse. And so seeing what they need and not being stuck in kind of that tech bubble of, oh, everyone knows how to do this and stuff. Because I have to explain hovering to people and just really basic stuff. The basic stuff, stuff, yeah. Yeah, that seems so... uh, I can't think of another word for basic right now, but uh, just we're so used to it and it's just a given and they are completely new to this. And so seeing that and really being able to put myself in that mindset when I'm designing stuff so that it's as easy as possible for everyone coming into it. For people who have little to no idea of what really goes into coding and all that, can you give a general, very general breakdown of how everything works? How do you bring images to life through coding? So uh, the first thing that you do is uh, writing your HTML, which is a very basic markup language, which means that it, it's just to tell the computer what this element is. Like, is it text? Is it an image? Is it this or that? And you put all of that together, and you have technically a functioning site once you have that, Because, but it's just going to be like... I think everyone's had a point where they've tried to load a site and none of the styling shows up. It's just text and blue links right? and some images. And that's what you get from HTML, which is technically, it works. It's what you need from it. But then you add CSS, which is styling language, which lets you decide where everything goes and uh, how everything looks. You add in your colors and uh, your sizing for your images. And, that, and you can also do uh, quite a bit of interactivity and a lot of really cool, like, there's filters now, so you can change how the images look, and you can change the shapes. We've come a really long way with uh, CSS, and you can do a lot of really cool stuff right now uh, with that. And then if you need more than that, though, and want more functionality, you get into JavaScript. Which allows, which is a more complicated language, but it allows you to designate how people are going to interact with the site, audio players, and uh, pulling in information from other websites, and uh, loading in uh, more posts and stuff like that. What are some of your favorite aspects of creating websites? some of these newer things that um, that are available with CSS, making things really different looking. Because for a while with websites, you're going to find a lot of stuff that looks really similar. And I like kind of pushing it a little bit further, making it unique to the story that uh, that brand is trying to tell. And so I really like adding all of that interactivity and making it more of an experience and thinking through how uh, people are going to navigate this site and how it's going to, how easy is it going to be 
for them to go from one place to another and get the information that they need. So I really like doing, thinking through that and trying to organize everything that way and then figuring out how to essentially code that. In your opinion, why do you think having a good-looking and fully-functioning website is so crucial for people's personal brand or businesses today? Why is that so important to have a website that is on brand with what they're trying to promote? The first question is, like, why do you need a website? And so many people are on the web. You're trying to find information about a business or anything is you're going to Google it. And so you want to have a website in the first place. And then having one that's unique to your brand and is important because, like I said, it's more the experience that these people are going to get out of it. Right. Because you can go to a site and if it's not memorable or if it's actively going to create a bad memory, you're going to associate that with that brand. Right. Especially if it's so if it crashes or if you can't, you know, get to certain areas of the website and you're trying to interact with the website and it's just not loading or, you know, technical things like that, it completely ruins the experience. It does. Like, uh, like I said, the, I've had patrons that I've worked with at the library that it is so difficult for them to get into, like, a bank statement or, or every time that Google changes one little thing in Gmail, it can completely throw them off because they don't regularly access that. Right. And so creating something that's going to have kind of a standard but is also unique to you so that you stand out, so that it fits with, like I said, the story that you're trying to tell with your brand is important because you're making an impression and you want people to remember your brand in a positive way. I could not agree more. I cannot agree more because of the fact if people are visiting your website for the first time, you're making that first impression. And if something goes wrong with your site or they can't access your site, the chance of them coming back is very, you know, it's highly unlikely that they're going to return and, and, you know, keep trying to refresh or try to reload things. Exactly. Like, some sites you have to go to, like your bank or something, and so you don't really have a lot of options. But there have been times where I have gotten onto a website, seen that I can't read something or can't get to something, and I just close it. I just give <laughs> up on that. Um, or, like, there's been this uh, weird trend of, uh, and I'm sure you've seen it, that, like, when they try to get you to sign up for a newsletter or something, yep. the option to not do it says, like, no, I don't like free things or something weirdly shady. And, like, I always remember those, and I'm like, no, I hate your brand now. (laughs) It's like (laughs) this weird, petty thing that I think happens on a a less petty scale for a lot of people that they're just like, oh, I do not want to deal with that website. Um, And even when it's not a digital thing, when you, like, if you have a physical presence, too, that that bad taste stays there even unconsciously. And so somebody that had like a bad experience on your website might see your product out on the real world and not even think consciously that, oh no, I don't like their brand. They just, nah, I'm not going with that. You know? So your mission is to 
not only make the website easy to navigate, but to make it friendly and make it welcoming. Yeah, like with yours, you have a brand that's very tied to music and very tied to being cool, for lack of a better term. Thank you, first of all. Thank you for that. (laughs) So if I made like a site that would be appropriate for a bank, that's going to just, and it could be completely functional and get everyone exactly where they need, but they're going to always kind of, they're going to get onto that site and almost think that they're in the wrong place. Exactly. And so making something that feels like it really immerses you in that brand, I think is important. Something that's memorable. And especially when there's there's so much content on the web right now. And so how do you stand out from all of these other podcasts? How do you... And so you have to make an impression. You have to be something that is worth their time and makes them... That adds value to them. How difficult was it for you to learn how to you know, manage creating websites? Because I can imagine that at first it's pretty complicated. Actually, like the base stuff is not too complicated. It's once you get into like the middle. So like HTML is pretty easy to understand. You mostly put like, like I said, you tell it that this is a paragraph, this is an image or something. And so it's a lot of memorizing that and then trying to remember the semantics, making it easy to understand for any other developer that's going to be working with you. And then CSS is a little harder, especially if you get into some of the um, the newer features. But all of that was not too difficult. It's more JavaScript and then the thinking behind a lot of this stuff. Uh, because we've come so far so quickly with... Uh, with web technology in like the last 10 years or so that it's really hard to keep up and so you always have to keep in mind uh, the thinking behind it that what you're building this for and so you want to keep those semantics in mind of making sure first and foremost that everything is understandable and so it's really easy to get caught in the weeds of just um, oh there's this new technology, I better learn it or I'm going to be so behind, or um, trying to keep up with all of these different tutorials and different technologies and everything. And so that's where, for me, it got really hard, was trying to keep up and trying to keep in mind. In the field that you're in, you're constantly learning new things, because in another five years from now, there's going to be even more, uh, you know, different programs to use, and and then things in the past will become obsolete, and then it's a whole new structured type of thing. So what's that like when you're constantly checking up on things and trying to be ahead of the curve in that way? It can get really exhausting and kind of disheartening to just... You see all of these new things and you know that you can't, you can't learn everything. And so you have to start deciding what, what's going to be most important because, like you said, this one technology could be gone in two weeks or something. So rather than learning than making sure that you learn every single technology, it's, it becomes a lot more about learning why we're using that technology so that you all, you're always keeping in mind the, um, the functionality of it, I guess, of how you 
how you're approaching things so that when the next technology comes, you can see whether or not it's even worth learning because, let's say, it just does not fit into how how you want to build things. And so you can just kind of, well, I, I'm not going to learn that. And if it, if it comes to a point where you need to, where it does actually become popular or something, then you can, but but never really dedicating yourself to just knowing every single thing. You have to you have to start prioritizing and stuff and it can get it gets really hard, but so sometimes you have to just like take a minute and and really look at what your options are and decide what is going to work best with how you work and what you want to do. So what inspires you to create the websites in the way that you create them cuz it is an art form, and so I just wanted to know, like, what what influences you to make these really awesome-looking websites? Well, like I said, I've come from kind of a artsy place where I always wanted to make things really beautiful, but, uh, like I said, I was never particularly good at drawing or painting or anything like that, and design worked for me because it also added this kind of organization because you're you're thinking a lot about um, the functionality of it, how, making sure people's eyes move from one element to another so that they get all of the information. So design became a really great way for me to express the artistic side. And so coming into web design, I still wanted to keep that. I wanted it to not just be a box here, a box there or something. I wanted to add some beauty to it and I want and for that was something that was exciting about working with you guys was that uh, we had done the little podcast cover and it was an and it ended up being an aesthetic that I really liked and so I knew that going forward with the website I would get to expand on that brand and expand with that um, that ex- aesthetic and those colors and I thought that would be something really interesting that to make something that was very modern and had because music is also an art form and so bringing that kind of uh, style into it and having it fit in with how you guys were branding yourselves. I love that cover. I felt it was love at first sight. That's when I knew, like, wow, I just gave you an idea. I gave you kind of, uh, you know, a range of, of okay, I want, I'm going for this kind of idea. I'm going for this kind of look. But after that, I put my full faith in you to figure it out. And not only did you uh, accomplish what I was going for, but it way surpassed anything that I could even think of. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I sort of went full throttle with, uh, with that kind of darker, a little more punk kind of look to it, and that seemed to work really well. And and then, except I loved it, and you, as you said, you loved you loved it, and so getting to expand that in the website, which I'm hoping I, I managed that, that it still feels connected to that. So let's backtrack a little bit. Can you tell our listeners how we ended up connecting with each other and we'll kind of give them the breakdown of the story of how everything unfolded? Sure. So uh, a friend of mine was following your 
comic book Tumblr. I believe it was Lisa. Yes, yes. And uh, you put out a request for anyone with uh, graphic design knowledge if they could help you out with the different project you were working on. And so she knew that I was uh, looking for some stuff to work on. And so she sent me the link to it. And so I reached out to you. And then we ended up uh, talking about making the cover for the for the podcast and we tried a couple different things and you kind of you gave me an idea of the the imagery that you wanted and I kind of worked from there which it came out incredible because when I gave you an idea I'm like okay well this is the gist of how I want it to be it's music themed and I'm kind of going for this look but once you send me the cover that we have today uh, I was just completely blown away and that's when I knew that I wanted to definitely uh, build a website and have you design the site after seeing that image well I'm, I'm really glad you liked it and that means a lot to me no problem. So let's go into talking about the website. Can you tell us what the step-by-step process was like creating the site? And because what a lot of people don't know is this has been a project that you and I have been talking back and forth and collaborating ideas and how everything's going to look for this entire year, pretty much. (laughs) So yeah, it's been a long time coming before the the, uh, the official launch of it. So let's take it all the way back. So you created the podcast cover, and then I got back to you. I loved it. I thought it was incredible. And then we discussed uh, building a website. And you were like, I can totally make you a site uh, if that's something that you want to do. And of course, I said, yes, I would love that. So going from there to everything that has happened between now and then, uh, can you give us the step-by-step process and what creating the site was like? Yeah, so the first thing after we kind of cleared up what kind of content you wanted on the site, I started doing research and putting together a mood board, which is like a collection of images that represent the the colors and the feel uh, of how the website's going to look. So I ended up choosing a lot of stuff that had kind of dark colors, but then that that push of bright that we ended up going with. And so once you approved the look, I started working on wireframes, which give you an idea of what the layout for the site will look like, but in a very, very basic manner like there's uh barely any text there's no pictures or anything it's just a black and white uh, boxes showing you where everything is going to be uh and then you approved the layout and so the first thing that after that was getting a base theme from wordpress since that's the platform that we decided would work best for your website uh so WordPress works a little differently than just static websites where the content never changes. You can just build from the HTML and, uh, and CSS and be on your way. With WordPress, um, you actually build in PHP, which allows you to reuse different components and bring in 
stuff so that you can create templates so that when people add content like you guys do, uh, it'll just automatically be added to the site and be styled and formatted the way that everything before it was. So uh, you download a base theme, which is very, uh, very little styling, uh, and then you start butchering that. You just um, you start adding all of the content that you want and rearranging what content it already has in there so that it's in the order that you want it to be and make any other templates that you're going to need, like for pages that are unique to your site. Like we added the, the video and the images portion and so we had to create templates for that. Uh, and while you're doing that, I was looking into plugins that we would need. The plugins add some functionality to the site, um, which you can you can write your own with JavaScript. But there's stuff that's already made and it's already tested, and so it's just usually a good idea to at least look into those. And we found some that worked. Like we needed to pull in the images from Instagram, we needed to pull in the posts from SoundCloud, and I think there were a couple of other things that got added. Right. Yeah, and then once you have that, you you have a functioning site that's using uh, the styles from the base theme, so it doesn't look the way you want it to, but everything, but you make sure that everything is basically functioning correctly, and then that's when the styling starts. The styling for the site was a little difficult because... Uh, originally, we had, you hadn't uh, done those photos, I don't think, yet. The one that you can now see on um, On the main page, page. The yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I was still using the stock image from, that we used in the cover. That's another thing, to- that's another thing, because uh, I think it was in the beginning of the summer, a lot of people don't know that the site actually used to look completely different uh, originally. Uh, pretty much what you're saying, where we had the solid background and then the stock image from uh, the podcast cover and just the whole layout of it, of where the buttons were and and everything was a completely different style. And then we went back to the drawing board and, and with the pictures and rearranging things and it ended up being something completely different from that. Yeah. So, so we, I ended up building that first one, that first version, and everything, I mean, it looked all right, but I was never quite happy with it, and uh, though during that process, I did end up creating a different audio player for it, because the, the plugin that pulls in your your SoundCloud post, it has a player, but it is ugly, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and like I said, the of something is probably the most important part and but I really wanted something that made you guys stand out that I think I used the word immersive before and that's really what I wanted to do was that when people got on the site it just all felt like it went together and not like somebody just threw an audio player on there wherever they needed to right and then it it would stick out like a sore thumb yeah and so I ended up uh keeping the plugin so that I could pull in the, the SoundCloud posts, but instead of it going to their audio player, I got rid of that and created an audio player of my own. And so I created all the functionality for it, and then I could style it from the ground up. 
and so that uh, so I think now it fits in a lot better. It uses the colors. It, it had some animations, and I still I kept whatever functionality I thought would be necessary. And I think I even added a couple of things like the rewind ten seconds and the fast forward ten seconds. Uh, but it can still seek, and it kind of goes away when somebody starts playing a different episode in the like the little sidebar, or when you're on a whenever you're in a place where there's multiple episodes. If you start playing one, it'll uh, and then you start playing a different one, it'll just kind of go away. That way, you know which one is playing. And so, um, so I was really happy with that, but um, I was never quite happy with how the the background looked or um, or that that banner. And so then you went you, but we had it live, and you then you did those photographs, and I think you made the photograph uh, a background for the site. Yep, yeah, I remember that. And it was such a good photo, and but the content like completely covered it. Yes, because it was so, it was a solid. It was like a block. Uh, a solid color over the actual photo, so you, you never really got a chance to see the whole thing because uh, it was covering it. Yeah, and so, but I was really excited about the photo because it, like I said, it was it was a great shot of you, and the more that you can put yourself into the site instead of stock images or something, it really helps because it creates this kind of personal connection for the people that are visiting. They see you, they know that this is something real. It's not just, um, it's not just a bunch of stock photos. And so we talked about changing up the layout so that this image could be unencumbered and, uh, and people could really look at it. And so I kind of went back to the drawing board and there was a point where it was kind of using the image, but it was still kind of using the other layout. And and I kept that version, but I made a copy so that it uh, and kind of just went wild with it. Right. Uh, it wasn't quite the wire. It wasn't the wireframes that we had originally agreed on, but uh, I wanted to just kind of push it and. Because the wireframes we originally agreed on were slightly based off of a couple of other sites that you, you had told me you liked. Right. And so this time I kind of just went with, okay, but let's say we just kind of go hog wild with it. And and so I ended up doing the big the image taking over the whole uh, above the fold is what we call the part of the screen that you first see when you get on a website. And so it's just all your image and then bringing up the, the first episode that way, right off the bat, they get what this site is about. It's about a podcast and you can get right to that, that latest episode. And so it's adding value and, but keeping it really focused. There's nothing else getting in the way. It's just that episode and showing who you are. Yes, I love when you explain that to me initially because I was like, I'm not sure if, you know, this is going to be the right order. Like, should we move it around? Should we do it? And then you really broke it down for me. Can you explain why it's so crucial to have uh, whatever the person may be selling or offering or to, to have it right there at the top of the homepage instead of with everything else towards the bottom? Yeah, so like you said, it's a lot about focus. So 
you want to make an immediate impression when people get on the site. And so getting rid of all of the other clutter that, oh, you can read these blog posts or you can uh, do this and you can do that and stuff. Uh, it seems like people want more options and, and ultimately they want options, but they don't want it all presented at the same time because it just it gets lost when everything is a priority, nothing is. And so having this one thing be completely separated out gives it focus, gives it importance. And having it above that fold immediately adds value. Because if you just put an image up there, then, I mean, people will usually scroll. But, like, why would they? Right. They have, you've offered them nothing of importance, just a pretty picture, and they're supposed to know what they're going to get when they scroll down and uh, and assume that it's going to bring some sort of value to them. But by putting it up there, you've focused it and you've presented it to them as easily as possible. It's just right there and they can get to it and, and see what you're all about, get immediate, get something immediately out of this site. Initially, I was apprehensive about it, but when you explained it to me like that, I was like, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. I trust her. I know that she knows what she's talking about. This is not something that uh, she takes very lightly. I know how serious you are about it, and I know how much you put into the website itself. And once you really put it that way, it made complete sense. And I was like, you know what? She's right. I'm going to to keep it like that. And overall, I think that was a great decision to have the layout like that and have the episode, the newest episode, be the first thing that you see on the site as opposed to having it with everything else where you have to scroll towards the bottom. Uh, I think that was a great call. Uh, Like every once in a while, you'll... uh in any partnership, you're going to kind of have some little disagreements. And for the most part, like, I try not to impose my own aesthetic wants or anything on a client, but this was something that I felt was would be really beneficial to the site. And so I kind of made a bigger argument for that than, than I would have if it was just a, a color or something like that. Another thing I wanted to touch upon, because this is another challenge that goes into creating websites that I really had no idea about until we uh, came into this roadblock, is the different internet browsers. So can you explain how that works? Because what people don't know is the site might look one way on one browser and it might show up differently in a different browser and you have to somehow connect everything so that it's fully functioning and it looks the same in all these different browsers because I was working with Safari and you had a different browser and you'd be like, okay, check it out. Tell me how it looks now. And I couldn't see certain things at at some points and stuff like that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so that's actually one of like the biggest things in web design is uh, making sure that stuff works on all browsers. And I didn't have as much access to Safari as I would have liked at that time, and so that's part of why I wasn't able to test it as much as I would have liked. Most of the browsers work similarly enough that you're going to get a pretty similar experience on them. But then there's stuff like Internet Explorer, which is like the bane of web designers everywhere. Um, and and even Safari that works just differently in 
one of the challenges of design is letting go of that control and saying it's not going to look the same. It, because uh, that's also true of what screen size someone on. It's uh, when you're doing graphic design, everything is a set size. And so you can decide this goes up here and it'll have this much space between this and this. And with uh, websites, because people have all these different screen sizes and everything, stuff is not going to be quite as exact. And so uh, between that and the browsers, you have to let go a little bit and say, okay, I want it to look basically like this. This is what's important that it has. And and so, like, there's some fallbacks. Like, Safari doesn't support the Spotify player being right in the, the web page. And so I ended up creating a, a link to the Spotify thing that takes up that place instead. Or uh, Internet Explorer, you're going to see that original uh, music player, I think, on that one because what I needed to do to create the newer one didn't work on Internet Explorer. And so you want to create so that everyone gets a similar experience and gets at least the basic functionality out of it. And then you just keep adding for uh, the people that are on the newer browsers or on, or on um, better screens or bigger screens. or uh, And so you just start, you keep adding to it to make it even better. But you always want to make sure that it's at least got what you need uh, on any given browser or screen. What do you think was the most challenging part of creating the website? The most challenging part was that above the fold content because you're going to have different episodes up there. And so you have like an episode that's got like a paragraph worth of worth of description. And then you get another episode and it has two paragraphs or something. So it gets longer and longer. And so sometimes it's going to go below that fold, which isn't too much of a problem. You can make that section bigger. But the thing is that with um, this particular site, we had it so that when people scrolled, that uh, that section kind of started to go away and just the menu got left there so that it would get out of people's way and they could focus on the stuff below the fold. So trying to get that timing and that sizing just right was quite a challenge and then trying and even on a um, on the other axis it when you start getting into smaller and smaller screens that content for the the player keeps moving over and starts taking over your face with, on the, the picture of you and um, which was something we wanted to avoid because that was like the whole purpose of putting the image there and so trying to find a way to not have it overlap too much and figuring out where to break that and where it, when it goes below you and um, or having it be kind of see-through or having the picture move over a little bit itself so that uh, both parts are still visible. That took a lot of tinkering. Was there anything in particular when it came to designing the website that was maybe the most exciting or most fun for you? Uh, well, I really liked making the audio player because um, it wasn't something that I've done a lot. And so getting all of the functionality right was, was frustrating sometimes, but really rewarding at the end of the day and getting to style it from the ground up and 
um, making it really beautiful. I also, I got to work with this feature called CSS Grid, which uh, is kind of new to, to CSS. Uh, it's a different way of laying everything out. And uh, it's been kind of a sticking point for some developers. And I'm fortunate enough that I knew it new enough that I'm not really stuck in the old way that we did layout. So I think that's part of the problem why people are, are struggling a little bit with CSS Grid. But I got to play with it a lot and, I, and it ended up working really well. And I got to do some stuff like the, the player is all laid out in Grid. And then when you're on your phone and you the, the post like swipe sideways instead of just scrolling, So, in your opinion, what do you prefer more, graphic design or web design, or, or what do you think are the pros and cons of each thing, uh, personally? Design-wise, I think I like graphic design a little bit more. I ended up going into web design mostly because of the coding side of it, which is more development. Uh, for, like I said, for quite a while, web design got kind of static, and uh, you just you kept seeing a lot of the same layout over and over again because it worked. Now we're finally getting some features some things that we've been able to do in graphic design. Um, I really did notice that too, especially with WordPress, that, uh, you know, on WordPress that there was a lot of similar designs where I went online and I knew automatically if it was a WordPress site or not. Yeah, like um, looking through some stuff, you would see the, the big image and then... Three, three columns. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, and so now we're finally getting to a point where I think we can experiment a little more, so that'll be really fun. But I like the aesthetic of graphic design more. I think it, it touches on the art side of design a little bit more, which is something that I really enjoy about design. But like I said, I just I really love doing code, and so And aside from the projects that you worked on at the library and what you've done for us, what are some other uh, things that you've worked on previously in between now and then? I've mostly been working with the library. I, I built my own website a while back. Which looks fantastic. Been... I love your website. Yeah, me too. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. And I've been working a lot on develop learning development stuff because... Um, my degree is in just the design side of things, and so we learned a little bit of the HTML and the CSS and stuff, but a lot of the deeper stuff, the JavaScript and a lot of the newer technology that's come out, and uh, that I've been focusing on a lot. So uh, I'm working on kind of creating my own little to-do app because none of them have really worked for my workflow. So I'm working on that currently, and um, so I've kind of, I've been a little more focused on learning these last few months, I guess. So do you have any advice for up-and-coming designers that are trying to get in the field? Maybe something that after knowing everything that you've known now, that you know now, that you've studied and, and gone through head-on, that you would tell your younger self? To push yourself to connect with people. 
introvert. For me, I've always been introverted, and uh, and it's difficult for me to to initiate contact or feel, to feel comfortable with people. And so it's been a struggle to to get into an industry that is a lot of networking. And so I think that I would tell people to just to try to forget about feeling stupid or that they that they're going, you're always there's always going to be someone who who thinks your question is stupid and you kind of just have to learn to ignore the people that get kind of snippy or something about uh, there's but there's a lot of people that genuinely want to help and genuine and you can create those connections with those people by asking questions by answering questions and so I think to to really get out there and put yourself out there and uh, to try to create those connections, not just with other designers, but with people in fields that you're interested in that you might want to build sites for. But, and, uh, but to be doing it in a genuine way where you're, you're talking to people that you're really actually interested in what they're building and you're not just trying to get some work out of it, you, uh, that's going to do a lot more good for you than... You know, I would have never known that you were an introverted person because the amount of exchanges that you and I have had throughout this entire year, and you have been nothing but uh, extremely helpful and always not only answering or figuring out the problem that I may have at the time, but going above and beyond and coming back to me with, okay, here's how we're going to fix this. And here's three other options that we can go over and do. And uh, let's explore this or let's try this. There was never a time that I reached out to you with an issue or with a concern. And then you came back to me with, well, we can't do that. Or, you know, that's ridiculous or you know you always went out of your way not only to solve the problem but to go above and beyond and give me a list of different options that we could explore how we can enhance certain things and I really would have never known that uh, you are an introverted person so just wanted to throw that out there well thank you I I try to be as helpful as possible I guess but uh, but create that that first contact is probably the hardest part for me. Yeah, I I I can totally understand that. It's uh it's difficult putting yourself out there sometimes. Um, you yeah. know, in terms of you know putting your foot in the door and getting things started. But you know, once you do it a couple of times, it uh it gets easier. I have to ask you because we're Music Matters Media. I'm just curious, what kind of music are you into? What kind of music do you listen to? What have you been listening to lately? My collection is eclectic, which is uh, my mom's work for weird and wide-ranging. <laughs> That's a good so thing. I That's have, a good thing. Yeah, I have a lot of different stuff. Um, I really do like alternative rock. Nice. Um, Very nice. But I do have a lot of other stuff. But a few, like, uh, violin covers of rock songs. and Nice. That's uh, awesome. And I, I grew up with my grandparents uh, very involved in my life, and so I have a, a lot of stuff from the 60s. I think right now my favorite artist is probably Dessa. What songs are we listening to? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, right on top of my brain is Half of You, which I was just listening to not too long ago. But I really like, she has a song called The Lamb, which is actually kind of dark, but 
very good. And then uh, Fighting Fishes is probably my favorite. I will definitely check those out. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Where can people reach you for their designing needs and how can they go about contacting you? So I have a contact sheet on my website, which is natashagonzalez.com. And that's Gonzalez with an S at the end. Uh, Natasha spelled like uh, Natasha from Forrest and Natasha. And uh, then I'm also on Twitter and Instagram as ngonzalezdesign. And you can direct message me on either one of those. And of course, as you know already, we ask all of our guests this question. And we like ending it on this note because we are Music Matters Media. So I got to know, why does music matter to you? that's really followed like industry news and stuff but I still love love music like it's just I love the stories I think because you can just listen to it and and you can imagine what these people were doing and everything and I think as someone who's always really loved books and really loved any kind of storytelling I think that's what really touched me about music I love that answer. Yeah, that's so cool. Natasha, thank you so much for coming on today and chatting with us. I really appreciate it. But more importantly, thank you for creating the Music Matters Media website. None of it could have been done and it wouldn't have been possible without you. And I really do believe that even if I were to work with somebody else and create it, it just wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't be as great as it is now. And I really can't thank you enough. And to everybody out there, I want everybody to know that you are such a pleasure to work with and you go way above and beyond the standard uh, because there was many times that I came to you with concerns about certain things and, you know, changing the look of certain things. And you just really not only worked with me, but gave me so many options, so many solutions. And I really can't thank you enough. It was such a pleasure to work with you on this website and the way that you brought it to life way surpassed any expectation I had for it. Oh, well, thank you so much. It was it was really great to get to be a part of this project right at not its inception, but very close to that and be a part of building that. And Natasha, if you have anything that you would like to promote in the future, you are always welcome back on our podcast anytime. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Have a great night. You too. There you guys have it. That was our interview with Natasha. Oh my gosh, Eric, she's such a sweetheart. I cannot stress enough how much of a pleasure it was to work with her. She really went above and beyond for this website. She believed in me. She believed in the company. She loved the message. She loved everything behind it. And she wanted to make sure that not only did she bring it to life, but she just hit a home run with it. Yeah. Oh my God. Did she ever? Grand slam. Yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. She's such a phenomenal talent and, and everything about this website just, you know, screams Natasha. It was a no brainer to, to go to her for that and for us to collaborate together. And yeah, so she did the podcast cover. She created the website and brought that to life. And also the, I forgot to mention this during our interview, but the image for 
the business cards that I have for the site, the front and back of the business card, the front part being the podcast cover and the back part being the image that you see on the site, the homepage, my picture, and, you know, putting that together and and scaling that to size for the business cards as well. So there was so much work, really hard work and effort went into every step along the way with podcast cover, the website, and even the business cards. Everything was worked down to a science, and I really can't thank her enough. Every step of the way, she was just so extremely helpful and attentive to everything that uh, had to do with Music Matters Media. And speaking of collaborations, I just want to say what an amazing job to the both of you because I had no idea what was going on with the website either. You know, I was completely in the dark about it, didn't know a thing about it. It was, you know, one of your best kept secrets ever. And so when I, when you sent me the link to it and I logged on for the very first time and was just hit by it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. So awesome job to her and awesome job to you for both creating something so completely unique and amazing really well done. Thank you, Eric. That's really what I was going for. And that was what I was hoping that people would really get hit with that first impression of, wow, okay, this is something that's different. This is something that I'm intrigued by this. What can I do on this site? What is the site offering me? What is Music Matters Media truly about? And I just really am blown away by how everything turned out myself. So I really, like I said, I cannot thank her enough for everything that she's done. She's been such a pleasure to work with. Guys, if you have any designing needs, please, please reach out to Natasha. I really recommend her services to you. You can find her and reach her at www.natashagonzalez.com. That's www.natashagonzalez.com. You will not only not regret it, but she will go above and beyond any expectation you may have for your business or your personal brand. And fun fact for everybody who has been keeping up with our interviews, as you may know, she's the first girl guest on our podcast, which is kind of interesting. crazy because it's been a long time coming seriously it has been and you know it's crazy to have her on until now that's so exciting it really is and like i've said probably a trillion times by now i really can't thank her enough she's a sweetheart such a great person such a pleasure to work with and i am just so glad that everything turned out the way that it did And with that being said, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to reach out to us. We want to know what you thought of today's interview. And you can do so by visiting our incredibly beautiful website. You like what I did there, Eric? (laughs) I mean, that's the only way to describe it, man. www.musicmattersmedia.com reach out to us through there. We got everything on there, you guys. As Natasha explained, we got a playlist. We have videos, pictures, articles, and of course, old podcast episodes for all of you guys to catch up on. So I really don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to musicmattersmedia.com. It's all there. It's waiting for you guys. And until then, stay tuned for our next episode.